Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Teaching Tips Tuesday with me, Alex Fabrega. I want to thank uh, Jared Kittleston for running TTT these last couple of weeks. My caseload has gotten pretty big, but I am so happy to be back with all of you. Today, we have with us a very special guest. How are you doing today, Kaya Armstrong? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So Kaya was the most recent participant of an FBC challenge event that we called Flight for Sight. And Kaya flew an airplane from Phoenix to D.C. as a person with a visual impairment. Now, Kaya, to your understanding, has something like this been done before? Well, we looked into it, and from what we found, this is the first time this has ever been done. Okay, so to give some context to the folks at home, can you kind of describe your level of vision? It's really just extreme tunnel vision. I have no mm -hmm. peripheral and I can only see a couple inches in front of my face. Okay. And how's the acuity in that tunnel? Terrible. Okay. <laughs> so even though there is, so a lot of people when they hear tunnel vision, they think that that tunnel is going to have really good acuity, like in the case of retinitis pigmentosa. Mm. But even your tunnel is, is pretty rough. I get some colors and some fuzzy images. I have absolutely no detail any of anything. Okay. And then you, with that level of vision, flew a plane. So I personally am not very informed about how Flight for Sight went. So I have some legitimate personal questions that I'd like to ask you about it. Sounds great. Number one question I have. <laughs> I have had some interest in being a pilot in my life. And when I think of it, I think of it as being an exclusively visual activity. I mean, you have your sensors that you're reading, you have your windows you're looking out. If conditions permitting so how what sort of accommodations did you do for this to be a safe series of flights i mean strictly speaking i could never fly it on my own <laughs> mm -hmm. but um leading up to it all of the training i had to go through most people when they're studying they are able to take home a poster of what the inside of the plane looks like and put it up on the wall or on a table and just read it over and over and i had Fred from there at the Foundation for Blind Children, he came out and he helped me braille the entire poster. So I spent hours just memorizing what the inside of the plane would look, look like. Look like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, the book that every pilot has to read, I got like the PDF version. And so I had my screen readers, but FBC also embossed it all so i have the entire yes. braille copy which is <laughs> huge <laughs> how many pilots manuals in braille exist you have to wonder probably this one <laughs> you might have the single in, in, in human existence that's pretty cool it is but it's huge and heavy <laughs> I bet, yeah. so like how did you access the sensors and instruments it was interesting the inside i can't really read the screen and that's really what Tyler was doing for me. He would read the screen because as of right now, he's my co-pilot. Okay. He was with me for the entire trip. And so as of right now, they didn't have any sort of accessibility for the electronic screen inside itself. But as far as the levers and the buttons and the switches, they all really have a specific area and a lot of them have different textures and just the way they feel and the way they're shaped. So being able to identify them for me was actually really easy because hmm. they were already tactile as it was. And then from there, 
you know, once we're up in the air learning how to turn the plane, that was um, <laughs> those math lessons brought to life. <laughs> yeah. The ones you never think you're going to use, here they come. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's time to calculate trajectory and angles. And, <laughs> and so we spent a few um, just time training sessions going up and just learning how to time it correctly. And I had to learn the correct speed in which I had to count if I wanted to get us going in the right direction. And mm -hmm. it was just a lot of logistics working over the full eight months and just so many people that <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm thankful for all the people I had. If we didn't have all of those people, it would have taken a lot longer than it actually did. So when I, when I think flying, when I think the part that is the most intense, maybe I think landing. That is that is where the rubber hits the mo hits the road in a very literal way. So like, how did you how did you safely time out the landing? That's where Tyler also came in. Okay. He would help get me sort of on the runway, make sure I was going straight. And he would walk me through slowing down the plane. He'd let me know as soon as I was going slow enough for the landing. Mm -hmm. And he would just sort of talk me through it until there towards the end. He'd just sort of give me a few words and he said, take it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So he, would he kind of like give you a... Uh... Like, okay, you're at 1,000 feet, 800 feet, 500 feet mm -hmm. as you got closer to the ground. Now, exactly how nerve-wracking is it when, once you're below, like, 100 feet? Like, that ground's coming any old time now. How nerve-wracking is it waiting for that ground impact? I mean, when you're landing, you can't actually see anything but the sky out of the plane because of the way you have it angled. So I guess that's true I you're mean, banked up. Yeah. I mean, mentally, you know it coming. But, I mean, for me, I could see, like, colors on the ground, but when we're landing, you couldn't really see that. And so it was just, I mean, thankfully, we had the eight months, and, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of trust in the relationship, um, flying that plane and landing it, <laughs> based on just verbal cues. And, I mean, we made it to Washington. You <laughs> <laughs> made it all the way to Washington. So how long total was that trip? It was... It was originally planned for seven days, but due to weather, it ended up taking, we pushed it and we landed a day early. So we took, it took us six wow. days to get to Washington. Okay. Uh, what model plane were you flying? A Cessna 172. Now for the folks at home that might not be so educated on plane varieties, like how, how big are we talking here? Um, it's about, I don't know, maybe six feet tall at the most, I believe. I mean, it's small enough you can drag it with one hand when it's on the ground. You can drag the, okay, I see. All right, that's, that's pretty light. Yeah. You attach this little metal pole and you can just sort of drag the plane with you. And it's first time I saw, I was there witnessing it happen. It was just, that's keeping us up in the air. Yeah, that's all the matter I have to keep me up there. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. It really So was. this plane, like it just fits you, you and Tyler, and there was no more room for like, I imagine like a bag or two. And that was... We each had it. a bag, and he was able to store, like, a couple extra um, plane parts in case anything happened. But, mm -hmm. yeah, that was it. We each had one just singular bag. Well, Kaya, I remember a few summers ago in college prep when we first met, you had basically no experience with anything in the VI world and how eager you were to learn cane technique, how excited you were to be working. I, I could not think of a better person from FBC to have had this opportunity. You definitely had my vote. 
in the early days. It has been such an honor and a pleasure to see as you've worked through college prep to the adult transition program to then flying an actual real airplane in the actual real sky is such an incredible transformation. And we just want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to show what you could do. Well, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. It's This is an experience that I'm going to carry with me the rest of my life. So I have a question I usually ask my guests who work in the VI field. I ask them what their favorite part of their job is. But this is not necessarily your job. But I'll still say, what is your favorite part of flying a plane? Being up in the air. It's, I mean, it really is a whole other world up there. It just, it's peaceful once you level off and then you're just flying. You can just, it's you and your thoughts and then your co-pilot, you know, if you're talking. It's really calming. I love being up there. Hmm. That is probably not what my first first thought would have been while operating a plane. But I guess when once I mean, it's don't get me wrong, you know. takeoff is like this huge adrenaline rush, like a roller coaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> but once you're up to altitude and you level off, it, it's really just amazing. Alrighty, Kaya. Well, thank you so much again for coming on this episode of Teaching Tips Tuesday. Thank you. And thank you so much to everybody at home for giving us another watch. We hope to see you next week.